Hello, my name is Eric Young. On behalf of my colleagues at Arbor Research, I am pleased to present this podcast summary of our study, Perineal Dialysis Patient Outcomes under the Medicare Expanded Dialysis Prospective Payment System that was recently published in CJSON. By way of background, peritoneal dialysis is the primary home dialysis modality in the United States. The use of PD in the U.S. peaked at about 15% of new patients with kidney failure in 1990 and fell to 6% by 2008. Beginning in 2011, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, implemented a new prospective payment system that included injectable drugs in the basic payment. The new payment method was intended to encourage the use of PD as a home therapy by establishing the same bundled per treatment payment rates for all dialysis modalities. In proximity to this change, PD use among new dialysis patients has increased each year, reaching 10% as of 2016. The purpose of our study was to examine outcomes for patients treated initially with peritoneal dialysis immediately before and after adoption of the new Medicare prospective payment system in 2011. We conducted a cohort study of new ESKD patients treated with PD as of the 91st day after the start of ESKD, and patients were followed for up to 36 months after study entry. Our study cohort included 10,585 patients in the pre-reform period and 18,742 patients in the reform period corresponding to new PD patient rates of 7 and 9% respectively. There was no evidence that PD growth favored or excluded any particular patient group. Over time, PD patients were treated in dialysis facilities with less PD experience. For example, the percent of patients treated in facilities that treated fewer than 14 patients increased from 34% in the pre-reform period to 44% in the reform period. Our main finding was that patient outcomes did not deteriorate despite the increase in the percent of patients treated with PD or the decrease in average facility PD experience. In particular, the percentage of patients who discontinued PD actually fell from 20.1 per 100 patient years in the pre-reform period to 18.4 per 100 patient years in the reform period. The reduction was statistically significant in an adjusted proportional hazard survival model, which showed as much as a 16% reduction in PD discontinuation. The unadjusted mortality rate declined from 9 per 100 patient years in the pre-reform period to 8.7 per 100 patient years in the reform period, a change that was not statistically significant in the multivariable proportional hazards model. The composite outcome of PD discontinuation and mortality also declined significantly in the reform period compared to the pre-reform period. Our findings confirm that the new dialysis prospective payment system in 2011 was indeed associated with early growth in PD. The characteristics of patients treated with PD did not change markedly. Specifically, there was no evidence of cherry-picking healthier patients or so-called lemon-dropping sicker patients. Due to growth in PD, the average dialysis facility had less experience. Despite this, we did not observe any adverse impact on the rates of PD discontinuation or mortality. 
These findings bode well for future efforts to expand the use of home peritoneal dialysis. Thank you for your interest in our study. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology. Thank you.